Thanks for tuning in to this very special episode of The Spin Room of Monty and Milius on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Monty. And I'm Milius. And today we have an action-packed episode with the latest news and music and much, much more. That, of course, was an excerpt from Humble by Kendrick Lamar, the lead single off his new album, Damn, Damn. which was released April 14th. We'll be talking about Damn today, but first, let's get into some music news that's pretty interesting. Let's get to it. So, um, first off, Gas released their first album since 2000's critically acclaimed ambient album Pop, which I like. It's pretty enjoyable. I'm going to be completely honest. I've never heard of this album. you never heard of this? I've never heard you of this band. You need to check it out. It's good study music. It's uh, called Narcopop, and it's up on Spotify and elsewhere. It got best new music from Pitchfork with an 8.8, so it's the best comeback album this year out of, like, a 1,000 that are going to be coming out this year. <laughs> um, the War on Drugs released their new song, which is called Thinking of a Place. It will be released on a 12-inch vinyl for Record Store Day, which is tomorrow, April 22nd. At the time of this is airing, they'll be long gone. Um this will be the first material they have put out since Lost in a Dream in 2014. And they're Mark Kozielik's favorite band. Yeah, uh, um, some of you might know, might be familiar with a uh, little tidbit of history when uh, the... A few years back. Uh, the War Mark on Drugs Kozielik. was playing at the same festival as... Uh, Ottawa Folk Fest, and uh, I think Mark heard their set bleeding into his, and he made a song on stage uh, called The War on Drugs Can, you know, do something explicit that I think would not be allowed on radio. Um, and uh, he called them beer music, beer commercial music, I think. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Mark Koslick is an interesting he was man. just He was mostly mad that he, uh, that The War on Drugs doesn't like Panera Bread, and that <laughs> they, uh, they don't have a cousin named Carissa, so that was the big... Benji's a pretty good album, though. I, I'm a big fan of... We were going to review Sunkill his album Moon. that came out this year, but we didn't have time. It went away. Um, so we're going to play a sample from Thinking of a Place by The War on Drugs. Here it goes. That, of course, was Thinking of a Place by the War on Drugs. Let's get back in the news. Uh, Coachella happened. Radiohead sound went out, and Lady Gaga released a new song called The Cure that a lot of people are liking. Um, if only The Cure would release a new song called I hope they, Lady Gaga. I hope they don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't like The Cure. You don't like The Cure? Uh, no, I think they're. it's cheesy 80s synth. Dude, yeah. cheesy 80s synth is, like, the best genre. I, I like New Order. New Order is good, but, you know. Uh, the, the cure, I love The, the Cure. Um, yeah, Radiohead sound going out really ruined my night, though. I stayed up to 2 o'clock to, you know, listen to Radiohead's live set at Coachella, and it went out at the best part of my favorite Radiohead song, Let Down. You know what, the part where it goes up and soaring, and he's like, you know, you know where you are, when, that part. And it just, I had a night, I went to Central Palooza Showdown as well, and the sound there was screwed up as well, and it just really irked me to a massive degree. Like, I don't know, I was jaded. Yeah, uh, I I didn't watch the Coachella stream, but I was at the CHP showdown, and uh, a lot of a lot of audio problems. Um, wow. I think the oh, the boy. president of uh, Five U Alpha wrote an article in the Collegian about that. Yeah, he wrote um, an article about it. Josh Liebhauser, I'm actually quoted in it. I I did not let back against the. Um, <laughs> yeah, now uh, uh, the head of uh, SAB is. I guess in talks with PMA to I, have I, I students so. run the sound in I the future. Hope I hope they are for um, sure. All so, right. 
Yeah. And then last bit of news here, since James Millius was at one point in a Paramore cover band. Oh um, boy. <laughs> Paramore announced a, a Paramore announced a new album called After Laughter, which is due out May twelfth. So I, think I uh, phone yeah, that. I know you you put this on the itinerary as a joke, um, <laughs> but now that you did, I'm going to talk about Paramore because oh uh, guilty pleasures. Um, so this will be their first album with former drummer Zach Farrow since 2009's Brand New Eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Zach and his brother, um, uh, what's his brother's name? Josh, Josh, the former lead guitarist. They both left Paramore back in 2010, uh, rather unceremoniously. There was a lot of bad blood between them, I guess. Mostly Josh said some pretty mean things about Haley Williams. Um, oh, poor Haley. So, uh, Zach is back. Um, although, uh, bassist, uh, or founding member and bassist Jeremy Davis has now left the band for a second time. Uh, he left in 2004 for a total of six months before rejoining. Um, yeah. So after laughter is due out, uh, May 12th, we're going to, we're going to play a clip from their lead single hard times. So here's that. That was Hard Times by Paramore. Wow. Fun stuff. Ain't it fun? Ain't it fun. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That made me want to die. I know it did, Monty. Hey, James, do you know what time it is? What time is it, Monty? It's time to review Kendrick Lamar's new album. Damn! Damn! (laughs) Here's a clip of DNA. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. That, of course, was DNA by Kendrick Lamar, the second song of his new album, Damn. Damn. Damn was released April 14th. It's available on Spotify and other streaming services as well as physical release. And he has some, (laughs) he he has a vinyl version coming out, I think, within the next month. Uh, it's currently sitting at a 96 out of 100 on Metacritic with a score of 100 from Tiny Mixtapes, the AV Club, and a 90 from the New York Times, and I think a 9.3 from Pitchfork, giving it best new music. Uh, James, have you listened to uh, Damn? I assume you have. I, I have listened to Damn. Uh, I listened to it a bunch over Easter weekend, like right after it was released. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say, I, I'm a big fan of it. Um, you know, he ditches a lot of the the jazz and um tribe called quest worship yeah like 90s 90s uh hip-hop influence that he had in his earlier albums like good kid mad city to the butterfly um and untitled even um kind of a more um west coast oh i'd say it's definitely rooted in west coast um and in addition to that there's some clear like he's taking some cues from some uh some other musicians in the scene. So, like, there's some songs that sound in a similar direction that, like, Kanye West is taking some of his music yeah. and Chance the Rapper is taking some of his music. And it's not... I wouldn't say it's like he's copying them, but it, it's the, it's similar direction with some of the R&B, some he's of the more, soul influences that you see on this album. He's more flowing in a direction where I think a lot of other people are going, but I think he's doing that direction in a very well manner. It's not like he's copying or anything. I also think it's a bit of a classic sound. You know, we like to say that, you know, T-Pab and elements of Good Kid City 
were jazzy and rooted in the 90s with A Tribe Called Quest, but I think this is squarely rooted in the 90s, like general aura as well, but this is a more hardcore and more straightforward rap album than T-Pab was. I'd which, agree, I'd Which agree. is enjoyable in some ways, but in also other ways, I don't think there's any, you know, King Kunta on this album. I don't think there's any backseat there's, freestyle. There's no driving anthem to this album. It's like my one complaint, I think, with no. them is that there's, you know, there's some really solid songs like uh, DNA, DNA uh, is great. Love, some songs that are really do keep the, the flow of the album going and keep it moving on. But there's no, yeah. like, song when you think of that album, you think of, oh, this is like the radio anthem from that album. There's no... There's no King Kunta. I wouldn't even call King Kunta a radio anthem, but I'd more call it like just, you know, the staple of that album. That's that's what Um, I meant, yeah. But there's nothing that King Kunta for me was one of the best songs released in the past decade period. It was a great song. Uh, and Kendrick Lamar, I feel like, is at the forefront of rap to a point where he's considered I mean, this is a horrible analogy, the radiohead of rap. (laughs) And his album progression sort of, I think, follows Radiohead's progression with theirs. Um, Good Kid, Mad City being the OK Computer. T-Pab being the departure from that previous sound a little bit, being the Kid A, not to the extent that Kid A was, obviously. And then this being his Hail to the Thief. Um, I would I would say, though, that Kendrick Lamar does not have a Pablo Honey. No, he does not have <laughs> a Pablo Honey, for sure. There's nothing that bad in Kendrick Lamar's, you know, discography. Um... But ultimately, I think this is a strip, not stripped back album, but more back to basics rap album. And it's enjoyable. Like I said previously, I don't think there's any standout anthem, maybe DNA. Um, And I think artistically, this album is a bit pushed back, but there's still a great, great element of um, artistry on this album. And that's found in the beginning song, Blood, and then at the very end of the album with Duckworth. And... In those two songs, in Blood, it's more of like you get that jazz that you had on T-Pab and a guy creating a dialogue. And um, there's this woman walking down the street, essentially, and he decides to walk up to her and ask her, you seem to have lost something. I'd like to help you find it. And she says, you've lost something. You've lost your life. And then there's a gunshot, which is great. And then it jumps right into a track from Fox News, The Five. Don't ask me how I know that. (laughs) Um, about how Kendrick Lamar is anti-police, and then there's a, another thing on there about how Kendrick Lamar and hip-hop in general have, has done more damage to the black community than uh, racism has, which is hilarious. And it, Yeah, Kendrick's clearly taking some shots at, at Fox News here, and he, I think it's pretty well justified. You he's know. taking some shots, I think, at people who don't know what they're talking about when they talk about rap. Um, yeah, for real. And then, so... At the end of the album on the song Duckworth, it provides a fantastic close to the album, and it seals the deal, I think. Uh, Kendrick gets shot, like I said, at the end of um, Blood, and also at the end of Duckworth, he gets shot, or there's a gunshot. And the album reverses incredibly fast and leads right back to the opening long of the uh, first song, Blood, which is, so I was uh, taking a walk the other day, and it connects the album into one coherent piece of music. And it's, it's really artistic, and I love it. And he's taking this concept of an album, which a lot of rappers do not do regularly. They see it as just a collection of songs. But he's taking this concept of an album and solidifying that concept into something that you have to listen to in full to enjoy. And that's the way I personally enjoy my music. I judge things based on the album standpoint rather than the individual song standpoint, like I know a lot of people do. And I think Kendrick Lamar, in essence, also agrees with that sentiment. Yeah, I think this is 
that idea is really what separates some of the best rappers in the game today from some of the others. So oh, like sure. you have Kendrick Lamar, you have, you know, Kanye West, Chance the Rapper, who are clearly aware of the significance of having a cohesive unit as an album and not just a collection of songs. And, yeah. you know, those are the albums that are constantly being referred to as the best albums of this decade oh, yeah. within that scene. Um, the albums that actually say something in our artistic are the albums that are remembered. And you see that with Kendrick, like his influence is already massive. And he is the defining artist, I think, of the 2010s outside of Kanye West and outside of a few others, which I think you could argue make a point for. And, you know, this this idea of, you know, bands that produce cohesive albums as opposed to, uh, you know, just collections of, collections songs, of songs. I think that that carries true across genres like, you know, I hate to go back to Radiohead again, but Radiohead is known for having this cohesive idea throughout their albums. And, and that's what sets them apart from a lot of it's other one of the bands. things. Yeah. And, one of the you know, that's the reason that, that people still talk about Radiohead and, you know, don't talk about, well, I mean, I guess Muse has a theme throughout their albums too. They Drones. just usually suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I don't get it's me how wrong. You, it's, I, it's I like how some you of put it across. Work. Yeah, it's how yeah. you put it across. And we reviewed Father John Misty's album Pure Comedy earlier, and this is connecting to the political side of things. And it's how you say something as opposed to, and how you present it as opposed to just saying it. Yeah, and this that's uh, also true. And Kendrick Lamar says a lot of things, and he says a lot of things that I think are on a lot of people's minds. Um, but he doesn't do it in a way that's so, you know, in your face that it distracts from the music, but rather he does it in a way that adds to the music. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, um, yeah. backwards album veracity. Um, and we, we did mention about how Kendrick Lamar is able to have these political themes, have these relevant events discussed in his music, but not come across as hitting you hitting you in the face with it no he's not he's not bashing you he's and not hitting you in the head consistently like you know backwards did with ferocity and i think Father that john misty did he's creating something artistic and saying something and he means what he says it's bolded it's out there it's evident but it's not you know it's not the entire album there's yeah. art behind it yeah and i think that that damn is just the greatest example of this you know separating political musicians who do it because they want to be political and yeah. musicians who are political because it's a part of their life and it's something they care about. Yeah. And I mean, he grew up in a poor part of California, Compton. And that's a concept that consistently plays in each of his albums. He talks about it a lot in this one, how, you know, every day he had to deal with different things and he doesn't do it in a way that people like, you know, Jake Cole do or like even worse hops and do it. Um, but there's, it's just a really, I love how he presents it. And the features on this album also work really great. XXX features U2, which is nobody expected that. Nobody expected Bono to be on a Kendrick Lamar album. I don't think even Bono expected it. No, I don't think it. I, I think that either. this album came out and Bono's like, oh, wait, I was featured on this. But <laughs> I think it might have been something where he was in L.A. and, you know, Kendrick Lamar was in L.A. and they sort of met off of each other because I think Bono might enjoy Kendrick Lamar. Um, but it's also one of the more political songs on the album. Let's play a clip of XXX before it gets explicit and we can't play it on air. So here's XXX. We hope you enjoy. God bless you if it's good to you. 
that was XXX. It's the clip featuring Bono of U2, surprisingly. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, this song did not appear in everyone's iTunes library for free, like uh, U2's <laughs> last album did. Yeah. Um, but I think the features, as I was saying earlier, play an important aspect. A lot of rappers rely on their features as filler and well, as something that, you know, can fill the gap. But I, I understand mean, that it's... J. Cole went platinum twice with no stop, features. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop. Bad, bad. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I didn't even realize Rihanna was singing one of these songs, that, the song that she sings on in here, um, until I actually, like, you know, turned it up and listened to it decisively. The, the thing with the features on this album is he's not putting these big names on this album to help move units. He, he's no. having these other people who share a similar artistic vision as him, mm-hmm. like, whether or not that's contribute good contribute to, to his vision. And he's still clearly directing the show here, and he's not just bringing these people that's in. What, that's a great to way drop of describing big names, it. But he, this is still clearly a Kendrick Lamar project. I don't, I don't see it as Kendrick Lamar featuring you know bono i see is kendrick lamar with bono contributing some you know examples of music into it and rihanna um exhibiting her vocals in it but not at the forefront and not something like you know she gets a one minute long verse and that's the song and kendrick says like two things in it like i feel like a lot of rappers do that now um it's just i'd say it's a strong album I'd say, yeah, this is really good. I won't say that I like it better than Good Kid, Mad no. City. I might like it better than To Pip and Butterfly myself. Um, uh, some time will time will probably tell for me. It's it's at a similar level, though, I would say. Um, yeah. I, I would give this, like, for me, uh, eight and a half out of ten, eight probably. Eight and a half out of ten? Yeah. So, for me, and I spent a lot of time thinking about this. In general, when I first listened to this album, the only thing that popped into my mind, and I've been saying this word a lot, is solid. There was nothing on this album that made me say, wow, that's a departure from the previous level that he was at with The Pimp of Butterfly and Good Kid in Mad City. Um, there's nothing on here that really sticks out to me is, you know, going back on his vision, his artistic vision, and going back in, you know, creativity. I think this album is just as creative as uh, To Pimp a Butterfly and Good Kid Mad City. I think it's just presented in a different way. And I think a lot of people are going to be a bit divided on it. That said, it's still a good album. It's just not his best. I think it's his third, third best album in his um, you know, discography. I mentioned earlier how I think it's the um, um, Hail to the Thief of his discography. Not in a way that Hail to the Thief is also compared to the White Album by the Beatles because of how disorganized it is. The album is organized. I'm not going to take that away from them at all. Um, I just think it's his solid attempt. He's phoning at home. He's still just as creative. There's just some better Kendrick Lamar out there on Good Kid, Mad City, and To Pimp a Butterfly. And I think that this is just his third best album. And I really, really enjoy it. I'm going to give it a uh, low eight. Um, I think I gave it a 7.9 in general. That's how I feel about it. So, yeah. Damn. Damn. (laughs) That's all for this week, guys. Thank you for tuning in to 101.7 FM, Radio Free Hillsdale. As always, I'm Milius. And I'm Monty. And we hope to have you guys hear us again next week on The Spin Room. For sure, there's going to be some interesting releases coming out in the future, so we'll check those out for you. Uh, See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.